to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gives you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Jay here, positivesarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Sunday, everybody. I... Uh, fuck it. We're, it's, this is... It's Fling It Sunday. Screw it Sunday. Ah, oh, fuck it Sunday. It's Sunday, Sunday. Gonna get drunk on Sunday. No fucking football this weekend, weekend. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and every other podcasting streaming platform in the world that supports RSS feeds just like mine. How you doing, everybody? How is your Sunday? I've got one, two, three, one, two, three, four articles lined up. Actually, five, and then some extra Q&A just, and also, okay, so yeah, five of those, five of those, and one, maybe one or two uh, Q&As. Maybe. We'll see. It's Sunday leftovers, which means all the shit that was left over in the fridge from last week's podcast is getting dumped on your plate to shove in your fucking face on a Sunday. Um, It's cold out. Really cold out. Well, today it's not too, too bad, so I was able to go out and shoot some video for about, mm, I'd say, an hour, Uh, and I left with all my extremities intact. And all the candidates are here, so I don't want to even bother going downtown. I just kind of want to avoid it. And then the big candidate comes in on Monday, so it's just like I'm just avoiding all that. I avoid downtown for the most part anyways. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it, man. It's just not worth it, man. She's not worth it. Um, So it's hard. If you haven't noticed, I have not been uh, airing a lot of videos. Like I haven't, you haven't, I haven't not posted a lot of videos in the winter time. 
which is actually going to be a, more of a pattern with me, unless I'm in a traveling environment or I'm on a I'm on a paid gig. The winter time, it's all about just taking stock of the year, checking out my my quality improvement levels, upgrading my gear, and make sure making making sure that the home environment is secured for another run at my mediocre rise through the uh, the YouTube and podcast universe. It's important that you kind of not really take a break. Plus, I like to I like to run in um I I I do everything in bunches. Like I was doing articles in bunches, and then I was doing uh, uh YouTube in bunches, and then I was doing podcast in bunches. But now that the podcast thing has become more mainstream, or it's become more of a weekly thing, and then it turned to a twice a week thing. All uh, a lot of my focus has been turned towards making sure that the podcast is consistent. It was consistent for at least once a week. I had to accomplish that for at least a full year and then get to week 100 and see where my quality levels were, play with the settings, see what kind of gear I needed to uh, get in order to dual stream on two different platforms. I tried every. I tried Twitch. Twitch wasn't getting me an audience. Twitch was also, it just wasn't, Twitch just wasn't my thing. And that's okay. Did I fail on Twitch? I still have an account on Twitch. I just haven't added to it. Like, I could stream... I could throw a week stream on Twitch as well. So I'd be streaming to Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. And I would be streaming to Facebook.com... No, I'd be streaming to YouTube and to Facebook.com. And I could also stream to Twitch too, but it's just I'm not there yet. I wanted to make sure that what I had was concrete before I did anything else. And it seems like the switching from Twitch platform to YouTube was as much as I'm you know, not as, as much as I don't trust YouTube, I don't trust Twitch either. I don't trust, matter of fact, I don't trust anybody, but these things are there for my convenience. And since I'm going to be putting myself out there as a public figure anyways, I might as well use the platform that houses most of my, uh, video work anyway. So screw it, start a new channel and uh, up all the clips went. And since the clips were already going on Instagram and Facebook, they might as well go up on YouTube as well. I've made it so that they don't get hit with a lot of copyright infringements. Uh, they don't get taken down. They don't get demonetized. That that really matters to begin with anyways because I'm just a widow guy. So making those slight modifications um, worse was a good thing to do. And it's it's just cold out there, which is really... If I was in like L.A., or New York, or Florida, or Texas, or Montana, you know, Idaho, then maybe my streaming habits would be, well, not my streaming habits, but my YouTube recording, doing my videos, and my vlogs, and all that other stuff, would might be, you'd see a lot more of them. But now in the wintertime, especially now, they're more sporadic. So unless they're paid gigs, I'm really not going out there and doing all that much. And it's a lot of time and energy and focus. And yeah, I, I get it. There are no excuses, but there's also no excuses when I put out a shitty video. And that's not something I want to do. Like my posture. See, my posture, I've been slumping for pretty much 110 episodes and there's no excuses on that. I should be sitting up straight with my shoulders back. That's uh, rule one in Jordan Peterson's book, by the way. Coffee this week, of course, is Wide Awake Coffee Company. It's delicious. Go and check them out, Wide Awake Coffee Company. They're on Facebook. They have a fan group on Instagram as well, but go and check them out, Wide Awake Coffee Group. Tasty stuff. Four scoops for a whole a, for a whole carafe. Yummy, yummy. So 
Yeah, that's what I want to do. The, today I was shooting more video for projects that I've had on the back burner for some time. Today was just a little bit of just little baby steps at a time. I was like saying to myself, trying to rev myself up to get ready for the day. I mean, granted, I was up at 6 a.m. and I was already at the gym killing it, yo's, and doing all that shit. But then I was also, you know, doing household stuff and taking care of it. I noticed this morning when I woke up, I was like, there's some scrapes on my teeth. And I had to go look at them. And I, I took my personal dental kit and took off a couple stains. And I was like, oh, look at that. So that's all taken care of. And then I've switched also for the podcast. I've also, uh, I'm testing the uh, webcam setup, whereas I have, if you notice, if you check out my live stream on Facebook, it's actually backwards because of the way that one of the uh, cameras is faced. It, it flips everything backwards. It mirrors it. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm flipping, I'm test, I'm reversing it. I'm using uh, the one of my webcams for the uh, YouTube video, and I'm, I'm using that the webcam for the Facebook video, and I'm using the tablet for the YouTube stuff. So I'm just mixing. I'm just playing with it because I'm still in the stages where I can do. I can try this shit out. It's really no big deal. Um, and I'm just giving. I'm giving that a whirl. And so far, so good. Plus, I was having some connection issues. That was one thing I was having a severe problem with. So I am. Testing a couple things here and there to see which products work best with what platform. And we'll see how that works out. And since I've upgraded my camera, since I've upgraded my computer for the webcam stuff that I've been doing, the clarity and the audio has improved dramatically to the point where I can be I can use that to sample some of the clips that I now put on Instagram. These little modifications for very little money are proving to be uh, quite useful. It, it was definitely a smart decision. I'm not going out there and spending a ton of cash. However, I did spend more on the frame for the picture that I have behind me than the actual picture itself. The picture behind me is from Doom Eternal, the new video game that you can check it out a little bit up right up above my head. And I'm just trying to fill out the busyness that is all of the stuff that's behind me. But anyways, uh, rambling on the nine minutes here into the uh, Sunday Leftovers. Sunday Leftovers, if you guys are just joining me on this little adventure I call the PositiveSarcasm.com website and YouTube channel and the podcast and whatever else, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know what the fuck was I saying. I don't know. Who cares? This is, well, yeah, this is Sunday Leftovers. Sunday Leftovers is just 30 minutes and I'm out. Okay, the whole put you can I stream every week on Wednesday uh, that goes for about an hour and I answer Q&A. I go through articles that I find interesting, personal thoughts and then words of wisdom. And then I close up shop with a nice little tune that I thought off off the top of my head. Now, the Sunday is just all the leftover shit. It's the Chinese food that's left over in the fridge. That's what it is. And uh, you know what? Sometimes it hits the tummy quite perfectly. Tummy. What am I, 12? Anyways, so. Uh, I do want to get read up on some articles. I don't even want to go into the notebook. Actually, what does the notebook have to say? The notebook is important. It has all my notes from from le the leftovers. I was looking at. I talked about old cars that people would be um, people should be ashamed to own. Last week, it was according to some article on CNET, but the, I didn't really believe what he was talking about. Cars that maybe should go electric and maybe or maybe should stay gasoline. Now we are you are going to be seeing more. I think. Depending upon an article I just read about uh, Tesla having a problem of not being able to produce more cars than they'd like to, 
for the simple fact that they don't have enough batteries. They're running low on batteries. I mean, obviously, you have to, in order to get lithium ion, you have to mine for lithium ion. You have to import for lithium ion. It has to be a fair trade. Okay, it has to be shipped over. You have to have employees. So you have to do that. So in order to get any, to fill up any Tesla Model 3, Model S, Model Y, Model X, and get it on the, and get it on the assembly line, it's got to have a battery. And they got to get that battery from, I think it's Chile or Argentina or somewhere around there, South America is where they mine for lithium ion. So that begs the question, if we can get more lithium ion batteries without disturbing the environment, which is anytime you mine for any mineral or element or compound, you're going to disturb the environment. But let's just say, to balance things out, if you were to, you are going to keep gasoline. You're going to keep gasoline because there's so many companies that have both they their company thrives off it i don't mean like you know castrol or or bp you know british petroleum or whatever not those companies i'm talking about the companies like that do all the make all the bolt-on parts and stuff for my mustang or for jeep wranglers or for dodge hellcats or just the whole aftermarket parts uh industry you can't put them out of business that would be catastrophic now the electric car yeah i know a lot of them are can be you don't want, here's a good thing about ha having all these aftermarket parts and all the options you have for aftermarket parts in the petrol industry. There's no monopoly on it. Whereas in the electric car industry, it's one company and one, and one set of parts. And in order to actually get some of the parts, you have to upgrade or you need a certain package. For example, there was an article about this guy, he bought a, a used Tesla and because it was a used, he wasn't privy to certain packages. Uh, what was it? Tesla remotes Tes here we go. Tesla remotely disables autopilot on used Model S after it was so sold. Tesla says the owner can't use the features. It says it did not pay for. Now, as much as I love Tesla and I love Elon Musk, I'm not sure where that how far, you know, where does that where does that keep going? Where, where keep moving the goalpost here as far as oh, disabling this and that. What else can they disable? So I'm just curious when you go and get a car, you want to, that's the one thing about the American dream is you get a car that you want, you design, you design, you can build a car from the ground up. You can't build a Tesla from the ground up, building an electric car from the ground up. There's no real aftermarket for that, but there is for gasoline engines, but I'm going to kind of steer this back here because I haven't, I, I got to go back and read this whole article again before I commentate more on it. But the idea is you have way more options for aftermarket builds and aftermarket modifications with an electric with a gasoline car than you do with a, the, a Tesla or a Nissan Leaf or some other like a Honda Hybrid or something like that. Now, if we were to balance this thing out, where we have a whole aftermarket uh, fact, uh, we have a whole aftermarket industry for petrol. Um, and then we eventually have a whole aftermarket industry for electric. What cars at that point should go fully electric? And I have a couple ideas here in my head of what cars should go electric or maybe should consider going electric depending upon their capabilities and their reliability and just overall balancing the, the you know, environment and, op, you know, typical individual options. So... My biggest thing that came to mind were gas guzzlers. Okay, cars that are just plain old gas guzzlers that... Now, the reason you want 
you buy a muscle car is you want that sound. The reason you buy a Ferrari is you want that sound. Lamborghini, you want that sound. That sound, that primal, you know, you know, monkey and monk, you know, that monkey that's all inside of us all. You want that that primal feeling you get from driving these Shelby GT500s or these Chevy Corvettes. So but you don't get that from driving a Cadillac S a Cadillac Escalade or a Volvo or maybe even a, a Range Rover. So maybe some of these cars cons- especially considering their considering their history of not being completely reliable, they should definitely consider being going electric to maybe either increase their range, increase their uh increase benefit the environment more if that is possible. You know, these those little things. So, okay. We'll we'll start from scratch here. Some Range Rovers or some Land Rovers should maybe stay gasoline or diesel, such as like the Discoveries, the ones that you see out there in the African Safari. Uh, those ones I think should actually stay What the fuck? Hold on. Uh, podcast, your countdown. Oh, it's Mr. Frowley. What's he talking about? Oh, I'm going to not even worry about that. Okay, so, fucking, all right, hold on. What is he talking about? What's, all right, let's go into the Instagram universe here. Thank you for, dude, thank you for sending me this. My electrician contractors will appreciate this. <laughs> fucking Frowley. Anyways, um, okay. <laughs> Uh, need a little laughter. Okay. God, this is good coffee. All right. Hey, Wide Awake Coffee Company, send me another package of this shit. You know, be you know appreciate it. It's only ten bucks. All right. Some some Range Rovers should stay maybe gasoline or diesel based. You know, they should stay with the petrol because maybe it's just better for them to be designed that way for reliability if they're out there on the African Safari or whatever. It might be easier to it's easier to fix a petrol based engine out there in the in in the 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 barren wastelands of wherever they are. Whereas if an electric car there's an issue there, you don't know how to fix it. So if you have a, a if you have a true out there in the in the uh, in the wilderness in the tundra in the desert car, then it should be petrol based because it's easier to fix on a pinch. In a pinch, excuse me. Whereas if you are just driving like a Range Rover Evo through the streets of London or something like that, maybe it should be a maybe that should that particular model should be fully electric. Number one, you're not putting out any emissions. Number two, it's quieter. Number three, you're probably going to get better range for it. And since the uh, these the grids are going to be are going to have more charging stations in the future, that might be the proper balance for Range Rover. And I think it would be good. And since these cars, fucking first of all, Range Rovers are already heavy as shit anyways. So it would make more sense if they're already going to be heavy. You might as well just redesign their platforms to, and if anybody from Range Rover wants to dispute me on this, I'm welcome to. But I think maybe like the the Evo or more their, their more suburban type of cars, uh, excuse me, SUVs, should be maybe more electric. While keeping like the Discovery ones, the more you know, out there in the wilderness ones should definitely remain petrol based. So that's proper balance, I think would be better. And since they're, you know, their cars are already expensive anyways, that should be an interesting split. And I'd like to see more of that. And I bet you, you will see more of that in the, in the next 10 years. I guarantee you in the next 10 years, you will see a fully electric Range Rover. 
It won't be what their discovery models, but it will definitely be like the Evoke, I think it is called. Family sedans. Family sedans are boring. Family sedans don't need to be... Um, they don't need to be aggressive. Most family sedans, like maybe like an older Chevy Impala. Okay, that's one thing. But the newer Chevy Impalas or the old, well, Ford Taurus is gone anyways. They, Ford has discontinued their sedan lineup altogether. So that's that. But family sedans and family wagons should switch to uh, electric or hybrid. Like the Honda Accord should go fully uh, hybrid. Uh, or they should at least have a high, or not fully hybrid. They should go electric anyways because they're not exciting cars. They're never going to be exciting cars. They're just city cars. They're just commuter cars. They're boring. So if they're going to be boring, they might as well be electric. So that is, that's an easy one. Any type of four-door sedan, small or large, should definitely be, if it's got four doors, it should be electric. That's, for the most part, I'd say 80% wise. Volvo, Volvo has already stated that they're going to be going hybrid, fully hybrid or fully electric by like 2021 anyways, and they're not exciting cars. I've only seen one exciting Volvo, and that was on a drift racing track, and I still hated that fucking Volvo. It was a Volvo, it was a beige, a shit beige Volvo, a baby shit beige Volvo S740. I hated that car. So I think for the most part, that one... Uh, that car company, they I fully support them going completely electric because their cars are not exciting. They're safe, they're heavy, and I guess for the most part they should be electric. There are some that, and the older ones will stay out there. The ones that are already diesel or or just old tank Volvos, they'll be out there anyways, um, and they'll always be gasoline powered, which is fine. The aftermarket thing is going to be interesting, but that's whatever. But Volvo has already stated that they're going to be uh, going going electric anyways, and I support that because they're cars. They're not muscle cars. Then if they're not muscle cars, then they might as well go electric. And they'll be faster anyways. Mid-size SUVs, Honda CRVs, uh, Lexus RX models, the Toyota RAV4. Those are mid-size SUVs. Um, Chevy Equinox. These should be electric cars. They're not exciting. They don't have they don't have this, uh, specialty designed exhausts. They already get shitty gas. Uh, they already get shitty gas mileage. So if they, all these things combined, they might as well be electric because they serve no other purpose other than just being boring, comfortable transportation. And if that's all they are, slap on a battery pack, make them electric, and that's that. Now, other ones. Here's here's where it gets interesting. Lincoln Aviators and Cadillac Escalades. These things are already com going completely bonkers as far as the electronics inside of them, the comfort inside of them, and the older ones were pieces of shit. Like the Cadillac Escalades, Cadillac has already a problem with their reliability in their engines and their transmissions and some of their electronics. Uh, now, I can't really vouch for what it is today, but I've seen a lot of complaints, and especially when they came out with the three-liter engines, Back in the early 2000s when they switched over from all the modular and the Crown Vic and the Triton engine and they switched over the engines, there was a lot of um, oil issues. There was a lot of, well, engine rebuilds or engine replacements. These things were, tr they were shit boxes. And the electronic issues, God, oh my God. Now, I wouldn't, I would hope that with Cadillac and Lincoln, although I would definitely go, go with a Lincoln over the a new Escalade, I think with these cars, they weren't really known for... 
being, you know, they're not muscle vehicles. You don't need to hear their exhaust. I would be perfectly okay with these. First of all, they're gas guzzlers. Now, I think to appease people, if if Range Rover was going to go the way of making some of their fleet fully electric, I think it would be appropriate to, for Lincoln and their Aviator lineup and the Cadillac Escalade to consider going electric as well. Now, they have like the Cadillac SRX and the STS, which um, some of those models should consider staying, staying like muscle-based, you know, hardcore petrol engines. But some of them, I think Cadillac should definitely consider making a, a lot of their fleet uh, electric. As long as they know how to manage the electronics because, first of all, well, you know what? A great thought is because I've heard a lot of complaints about their transmission. You don't have a transmission, really, in a electric engine. You don't. It's just one speed. Go. That's it. It's just one speed, and it's all one current. There's no gears. And if they're already sucking with their gearing and their transmissions are constantly failing or slipping or just sucking in general, then get rid of it. They're already heavy as hell, so just replace it with an electric vehicle. Replace the petrol ones that were failing to begin with and they're already expensive. Make them electric. The STS, the two-door models, just get rid of that whole exhaust system altogether and manage, subsidize all that weight with electric batteries and make them just electric. That'll that'll definitely help the environment as far as emissions and things like that. Yeah, just go electric. I would agree. The Lincoln Aviator, same thing. They're just not known for trick. It's just, I don't care. For me personally, I love muscle cars. I love muscle cars. I love Italian supercars. Uh, I love Jaguars and stuff like that. But I don't think that the Cadillacs and the Lincoln Aviators just don't really serve me any purpose to trick out their exhaust. It does nothing for me. I think it's pointless. They're SUVs. And I think you would be more civilized if you switched them over to just being electric. I think that would work for me. I don't know what your thoughts are on the matter. So, um, because here's the thing. The new Hummer is going electric. They just introduced it a couple weeks. They just did a teaser for it uh, a couple days ago. And since the Hummer is going electric, I think that may be an indication that Cadillac's going to be going electric as well. And if the Hummer is a, is a success, then the Cadillac will definitely go electric. I can guarantee you that. And the Hummer, I think that's a good idea uh, that it goes electric because it would make no sense for that original gas guzzler to come back as is. But if it goes electric and it is a success, then I think you'll see Cadillac follow suit and Lincoln definitely follow suit as well. And, well, I can't say for certain Dodge will. Can't say for certain Dodge will. You may see them go electric with their with their uh, Durango, but I don't know yet. Now, the Mustang Mach-E that was just introduced. First of all, that's not a Mustang. I don't care what kind of badge you put on that. That's not a Mustang. Go ahead and Google the Mustang Mach-E. That is not a Mustang. Not at all. That's a Ford Escape with a pony badge on it. Not even close. Not even close. Nice try, uh, Ford, but you're not pulling the wall over my eyes. I saw your stock last week plummet, so I don't want to fucking hear it. And Don't tell me that that's a Mustang. Not even close. That uh, Yeah, you put two doors on it. Whoop-de-doo. That's a crossover. That's a Honda crossover is what it is. Just call it the Mach-E. That's what you should do. It's like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. You eventually just called them the Rays. That's what you should do with the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Just call it the Ford Mach-E. 
and it's an electric car, put a Ford badge on it, and we're done. I know you're trying to grab people's attention and make like this offshoot uh, of the brand like you did with that in the in the 70s with that four-door Mustang, but guess what? It didn't work then. It won't work now. Just like socialism. It never fucking works. So just call it the Mach-E, and I think people will buy it. Actually, yeah, definitely people will buy it. If they have the money in their pocket, they will absolutely go after it. Nothing wrong with that. And then you'll have actually some spare cash to put into your Mustangs, which should, I think in most part, stay petrol-based, at least for now. Because you have the Shelby GT350, you get the Shelby GT500, those are petrol. You got the you got the regular Ford Mustang GT, which is over 400 horsepower stock. Then And that's a lot of power. They are cruisers and crushers. Porsche is still, they got the Taycan, or the Taycan, I think it's called the Taycan. And then you got their other petrol-based engines. They'll do whatever they want. But I think as far as some uh, the balance that we're looking for, environment, horsepower, efficiency, emissions, all this shit. I think for the most part, if these all, if some of the things that I've mentioned here as far as which cars should go electric and which should stay uh, petrol-based, I, I think if it goes like this, uh, you'll see you know, carbon emissions will go down. And if we're able to actually sustainably mine for lithium ion, I think it'll be better off. And I think obviously noise-wise, the world would be better off too. But you'd still have your Mustangs with petrol engines. You'd still have a lot of your Porsches with petrol engines. You'd have your Ferraris, your Lamborghinis, a lot of cars, your Jaguars. Jaguar, they have a they have an F-type or an E-type, um, what is it called, SUV. That one looks pretty cool. They could go either either way. Um, so I think that that balance will be eventually met where you'll see 50-50. Just like when you go to San Francisco, you'll see 50% uh, Tesla Model S's and Tesla Model 3's and 50% Ford Mustangs. That's basically what San Francisco was. I've said this several times. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, we're at 28 minutes. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on with Comcast. I already um, made some mentions about it. And apparently there was like there's a, a, a call, a phone call about one of their reps of trying to going out of their way to avoid canceling somebody's subscription. It made it made national news, but there was an article I wanted to before we close up shop today. I want to get to this article that I read. There's this oh, this guy was in, he's interesting. He's been tracking. Uh, he's been tracking Comcast complaints and stuff like that. He also does some work on the North Korea thing, also. But he also been he's been tracking Comcast for quite some time. And I'm not the only one. Well, since I just ditched Comcast, I'm one of the lucky survivors. But he's been following. He's on NationalInterest.org. His name is Harry Casianis. Harry J. Casianis. I I tried to find him on Instagram, but he's not on Instagram. He's on Twitter, and you know me, I don't go on Twitter. But he had he gave me is an interesting t- statistic that I wanted to follow up with him on. He works for nationalinterest.org. And the headline is, Proof Cable, Proof Cable TV is Dying. Comcast lost 732,000 customers last year. Now they are raising prices, question mark. Now, I didn't realize that they lost over 700,000 subscribers. So I, I was just curious, is like, how is that possible? And now we're flipping, I mean, yeah, they went over the years... Uh, I had I obviously had Comcast, 
We were at like the, my price was between fifty and sixty bucks a month, which was expected. And then it went from seventy, and then it went from seventy to ninety-one, and then it went really like a month later. It went or two months later. It went from ninety-one to ninety-six, and I can and that was it. Just and I had. I had the bundle package because I had like high speed internet. I had like three, two to 250, 300 megabit per second. And then they dropped it down to like 150. And then they dropped it down to 100. But then I did speed tests and I was getting maximum, maximum 25 to 30 megabit per second. So I'm, I, and yet the price kept going up. So my bandwidth was going down and my price was going up. Now this one, I just want to clear this up. So this is the article that, uh, and I'll, yeah, here we'll go, let's just read the article. Do they have a death wish? Question mark. Aren't they afraid of streaming services like Netflix and major shifts in how consumers view and perceive content? Uh, in a sign, this is more like an op-ed with some facts in it. In a sign of just how badly managed one of the biggest telecommunication companies on the planet is, Comcast, who lost nearly three quarters of a million customers last year, is now planning once again on raising prices. They already did. That makes no sense at all, unless you want people to cancel your service en masse. They don't seem to understand that the threat presented by cord cutters who have embraced streaming services as well as cables never, never, nevers who have, uh, wait, as well as cable nevers who have never subscribed to cable TV. Knowing they face a generational shift on how people consume content, Comcast does not care for some reason and seems hell-bent on trying to maximize profits by soaking the customers, soaking the customers it still has. Maximize profits by soaking the customers it still has. Why am I not reading this correctly? I'm so glad I started taking Alpha Brain again. The unfortunate thing is that they have tried this strategy before and it has failed, hence the massive customer losses. According to Cable Cutter News, Comcast is planning to raise TV prices, internet modem rental prices, with other reports suggesting Comcast Xfinity Secure Package could see an increase in cost. I saw a $5 raise in price just recently, so I can only imagine what you bundle people are, are being left with as far as bills. I spoke personally with two sources at Comcast, and they confirmed that all these price increases were in the works. One of these sources thought that this was only the tip of the iceberg, and that customers will be be default be asking to make up for the lost profits of all the cable customers and all other customers who have left. The thing that I am shocked at by all this, during my years in the cable TV industry, the worst news around the company that when a price increase was announced, we knew many customers would immediately start looking at competition and consider switching. This was especially true in late 2000s and early 2010s when customers' choice thanks to AT&T and Verizon was coming to damage our bottom line dramatically. Call center reps knew to brace for tens of thousands of angry subscribers demanding new discounts, wanted to check over their bills for new ways to save and outright cancellations of services. The stress on many of these reps were severe, as many cable companies pay out commissions and bonuses based on how much money you can make on a customer per call or how much revenue you save per call. Imagine a customer is threatening to cancel service that one transaction could determine hundreds of dollars in bonus money if you are able to if you are to close if you are close to your sales or retention goal. That might explain why your call to Comcast or Verizon somehow was disconnected. The sad thing is those cable companies, while having made tremendous progress in advancing new technologies, trying to offer their customers more options to fail, more, op more, op more options fail to see the number one reason, excluding generational shifts and preferences of why people keep canceling rising costs, sticking their head in the sand over this issue could literally be their undoing. And to be honest, it was one of the reasons I left the industry in disgust in the first place. So I kind of bumbled through that article. But yeah, they don't care. 
and there's there's this is the one thing where due to demand this is the well let me hear from my experience this is the one thing i wanted to mention Comcast or other cable companies have monopolies on their environments by being able to pay off and push other competitors out. They make deals with the cities and the towns and the regions that they service in. They buy out smaller communication companies um, or they overcompete against them and drive them out of business. It's very, it's, that's just true competitive marketing. Now, there are things like monopolies in areas and things like that, but Comcast does. In, the, in my particular area, we have two uh, two larger uh, internet providers. One is uh, Consolidated Communications, and the other is Comcast Xfinity. Now, Consolidated Communications is right down the road. And they offer, they were able to get my buddy who lives all the way down in the rural area of Derry. Him, they gave him high-speed internet for like 30 or 40 bucks a month. Okay, so he has all that. I live right down the road from them in a large suburban environment with all the cables going to my house. They were able to offer me three megabit per second. That's it. That's all they were able to offer me because Comcast has a foothold on the area, on the territory, or they're just not running cable or they're just not running um, their services up here. But Comcast does this all the time is they'll, or Spectrum, We'll do this, or maybe we'll do this, or uh, whoever controls the LA area. Cox Communication. They'll buy out an area. They'll they make deals with the city, and now that they have a foothold in that territory, they can provide as shitty a service as they want, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it because they're the only game in town. Now, my thoughts on the process is if if you are living in a two family home or you live in an area where you're close to uh, um, other neighbors and stuff like that, if you create a large enough community network, you can stream between two homes with one giant router with extenders, and now two families are paying for one service. Who gives a shit? I don't, if this cuts, whatever this allows to, for Comcast to lose money, to change their ways, and a community that's that comes together on common interests like that. And then that doesn't, because one voting is not going to solve this problem. I mean, it could, but right at the, at the immediate, it's not going to do it. But imagine if like 50, like let's say 30% of people in a town came together and said, you know what? We live in this community. And between the two of us, say our Comcast bill was $160 a month. If we shared it between two homes, which you can do, believe me, you can do it, um, we now can split the bill 80 bucks a pop. And then one of us can cut our service, which is totally doable. And then we just, we'll just flip you guys the bill. We'll Venmo you 80 bucks a month. Comcast can't say no. They can't. Not at this point. If they really want to start some shit, they can put a limit or they can do certain things. But the fact is, is nope. No can do. Imagine if 30% of people in an area started doing that. Imagine the amount of money that Comcast would lose or your cable provider would lose if that started happening. 
and the, the trend would be seen, and there would be a massive reaction from Comcast, which would in turn cause a massive reaction by its customers, which in turn would cause a massive reaction by the community, which in turn would cause a massive reaction by the town, the town administrators and aldermen or whatever that word means, or um, the government of that community, the count, the town council, mayor, uh, yeah. You see where I'm going with that? So the idea is that they don't have control over us by doing so. I mean, they lost 730,000 customers. Imagine if your cable bill went from 160 to $200 a month, and then it went up to 300 a month. Would you consider cutting cable then? Would you consider consolidating then? Make some serious sacrifices? It takes, a, it, it, it takes things like this to bring a community together. And I would advise everybody to consider this idea of if you live close or an apartment complex or what have you, the idea of installing. And also another thing, here's the easiest way, the easiest way to save money right off the bat. Ditch the rentals. Get rid of the rentals altogether. Okay. Ditch the rental equipment altogether. Get yourself like a Netgear Sky, Skyhawk or some type of higher powered uh, signal device. Get some extenders, some range extenders. And now you can split the bill between an, um, another apartment or another house. Now, if Comcast bans those altogether and, and forces you to use their rental equipment, that's when things start to escalate. But that's one of the ideas is pushback. You have to push back against these companies because they don't give a damn about us. They don't. They just want their money. They don't give a shit. And... Eventually, they will lose. And I know that I've had my little victory against them. It, and you know what? It's a little victory for people, but it's a huge victory for me because I fought this for about a year now. You know, I remember the initial call that I made to them, and they said, and the guy said to me, There's nothing we can do. They don't give a sh there's nothing I can do. They don't give a fuck about you. And now, now, in. Looking back, I, I've won. And you can too. So think about the fact that if I can do it, you can. And the money you'll save in the long run, because I'm, I was just getting internet. What are you getting? You'll probably save 1200 bucks a year. You can go on a nice little vacation. Get your wife that ring that you've been promising her. Nice big dinner, weekend out, something for the kids. You know, rede redecorate the kitchen. I don't know, something. Pay off a student loan. But consider that, just that that thought, okay? I had a, I, I won, and you can too. We're at 41 minutes. I'm done for Sunday leftovers. And uh, so far, the streaming went pretty good for today. Um, yeah, nice. So we did one article from the nationalinterest.org. We went over cars that should consider going electric and one should stay, ones that should stay uh petrol now you can find me on uh let's see positive sarcasm go to youtube and check out positive sarcasm and positive sarcasm podcast like subscribe share tell your friends tell and tell your enemies and you can also find me on facebook.com slash pos sarcasm or if you just want to be my friend you can go to facebook.com slash positive sarcasm i stream twice a week sundays for sunday leftovers and my regular podcast every wednesday afternoon 
And of course, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Castbox, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You can find me on all the streaming platforms. And if you want to check out my po- uh, my website, go to positivesarcasm.com for posing music, uh, movie reviews, uh, YouTube stuff. Uh, you can donate to the podcast by going to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, or you can click on the referral banners for free stock from Robinhood or the Cash App. And that's one way you can help donate to this little uh, spare parts empire of mine. And you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. So that is it for the day. Streaming, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing. Uh, I want to talk to you guys in a few days. Until then, hit me up on Instagram and check out all my latest clips on Positive Sarcasm uh, YouTube and on all my social media. Until then, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Don't forget to tip your waitress.
to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.